With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. I'm Cherry Garcia. I'll be your co-host tonight. It's November 10th, 2016. Thanks for being here for the Mike on the Mic show with... Our host, Mike Albright, who is the number one Survivor fan on the planet. He's currently met 448 Survivor alumni in person, along with Mike, Mark Burnett, Jeff Probst, and all the people who make Survivor such an awesome show. Mike has an amazing special guest joining him tonight from Survivor Co-Rom. Joe Del Campo will be here and we'll find out what he's been up to lately. And Mike and Joe will recap last night's episode of Survivor Millennials vs. Gen X titled I'm the Kingpin. Fans are invited to join in and offer any questions or comments that you might have along the way in tonight's show. Um, and this is how we do it. You call in at one three four seven two three seven five five zero six. Once you're on our switchboard, you press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air. If you don't press the number one key, we think you're just listening to the show from the switch call. may not get picked up. So make sure you press that number one key on your phone once you call in. Now, it's time to bring up our host and get this party started. So here we go, folks. 
have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days. This is their story. This is Survivor. Hey Sherry, yeah, we sir we survived. Um yeah, it was a it was an interesting day for me. I was uh, working the election from uh 5:30 in the morning to 8:30 at night. We had an election party and then I watched the results and then I had to get up for a doctor's appointment the next day. So yeah, it was a very intense, busy, busy time. And I hope um the nation can move forward from this election and we'll see what happens from there. But yeah, it was Exciting on Tuesday and um, almost as exciting on Wednesday night with this most recent episode of the show with the uh, merge episode. I really, I really enjoyed it. A lot of, a lot of exciting things happened and um, can't wait to talk about it. I can't either. It was a great episode, um, and your guest is already on the switchboard. Awesome! I can't wait. I haven't talked to uh, to Joe since the finale, just online, but I haven't talked to him in person. So yeah, I can't wait to talk to him. Well, let's bring him up. We have from Survivor Corong, Mr. Joe Del Campo. Thank you for joining us, Joe. Hey guys. Hey, hey. Thanks hey. for uh thanks for uh coming on. Uh my pleasure. Now, I did not watch last night's episode because I was all caught up with election results, so if you're going to talk about it, you might give away stuff, but that's okay. Well, sorry about that, and I can we can um well, the portions you're on, we can always recap um, what your your feelings so far from the season of what we've seen, and um, to see what you're up to. I don't want to necessarily spoil you, Joe. So that's fine. I don't. I know there was a lot going on with the election, and you're you're down in Florida, and that was one of the big swing states, and a lot of electoral votes uh, down there for sure. So it's an exciting time. So uh, I guess my first question is, what do you? How do you feel watching this season, just being one you know one season removed? I know you guys filmed about a year before this season, but what's it like watching this season being a part of the show last cycle? Oh, yeah, our season, of course, you know, we filmed it in 2015. Uh, It was February Mm -hmm. through May, but we did not see it until uh, February this year, so uh, it's been a a time. Uh, Well, I'm I'm kind of excited. I think it's uh, it's different than our season. I've been in touch with some of our uh, cast members and and, uh, talked with them. Uh, it, it's it's different. It, uh, it's got a whole different feel to it. It's still an exciting show. Uh, mm-hmm. Starting to pick out some of my favorites. I haven't really honed in uh, specifically on a winner, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, looking good. I think it's who a great do you, season. who do you who do you like, Joe, and who do you not like? And has that changed over the course of the season? I mean, like pre pre show and then through these first so many episodes um is your opinion the same on who you like or does that change at all and who do you like and not like well you know i'd rather not give anything away but it's kind of shifting sands uh as you see a personality emerge 
Uh, maybe initially you think, uh, well, that person's kind of weak, and then you see that person all of a sudden, wow, there's actually some dimension to that person, and uh, they're looking good. So uh, yeah. right now uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some favorites, but I'd rather not uh, right at this particular time disclose who they are. Okay, well that's 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 perfectly fine. Is there anyone that you're surprised to see gone, and that you're surprised to see still in the game, maybe in a different perspective versus who you like and not like? But maybe were you surprised of anyone that's not in the game, or anyone that's still in the game? Uh, I kind of went along with uh, how it went, particularly the blind sides. I thought they were excellent mm-hmm. and well created, and uh, and pulled off. Uh, uh, as you know, blind size, they're shocking, that's for mm-hmm. sure. And I thought uh, last week, certainly not this week, because I hadn't, had not seen the episode yet last yeah. night. Uh, I thought la- la- last week was especially uh, incredible and probably go down in the history of the show as being one of the best, if not the best, um, camera-wise and otherwise. It, it was a, a high tension and uh, remains so, I think. Did you think it was that a good? blindsided me. Yeah, it, it was surprising <laughs> everyone, and Michaela was very popular. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, but sometimes, you know, the, the popular person um, doesn't work out, uh, as we know from past seasons. From from what we got to see, which is only a real small sliver of what actually probably happened out there, and I, I know there's what seventy-two hours and multiple cameras for forty some minutes that we get to see. But did you think Michaela could have? done anything differently to survive that or what, what's your what's your take on that as somebody that's actually played because we only saw portions of your game not you experienced the whole thing so we're kind of you know monday morning quarterbacks here but i, I don't know if there's any thing you would have done differently if you had been her well as you said there, there's all the videotaping that goes on that we only see 42 minutes of it on a given night and yeah. cameras are around you day and night uh, sometimes, you know, they capture uh, some interesting things, sometimes not. Even during my season, uh, there were conversations that went on uh, that were not televised. And then I had fans, of course, later on say, well, where's Joe? Uh, yeah. you, know, you, you have no control over the editing, and the editing is everything. I mean, what you see is real, absolutely. Oh, and, yeah, you know, of course, yeah. Tell, tell a story. Uh, but at the same time, um, not everything – is there just like the blind side kind of saw it coming. They didn't show you all the conversations that took place that would lead you to know that the blind side was happening, but that's the whole excitement about the show is because they leave you in the dark, leave you wondering, yep. but Jeff probes, you got to realize now, Jeff has access to all the interviews that go on during the day. And of course we don't see all those. So we have no idea what the cast members are saying. But he yep. has it. When he's sitting down there that evening and we're at the tribal council, he's got the skinny. He knows everything mm-hmm. that's been said and kind of has an idea, I think, uh, which way the tribal council is going to go and the vote is going to go. Awesome. Yeah, and he, he's got that insider perspective and has uh, sometimes been called the 21st player or 17th player. And his roles kind of, you know, change as the show's change. And he's, you know, given more power on the show. So what was um, – when you were – in uh, what was one thing I always like to ask the guests is their kind of journey to the show. So how did we come to see you on survivor? What was, uh, had you been trying out for a long time or were you discovered or, you know, how was, what was your journey to get on to survivor co wrong? 
Well, the, it's kind of interesting because I had actually applied for show one, the one that Rudy got on. Way okay. Back in oh my! Wow. But I did not. But I did not. Uh, you know, my tape was not accepted. I guess maybe I was too young. I I was only in my fifties. <laughs> and then, All right. uh, you know, I was I was a naval officer. Rudy was former Navy, and in National Navy Seal UDT uh, Seal Museum is only twelve miles away. It's down Fort Pierce, Florida. Every year yeah. they have what they call an annual muster, and what that is is a celebration uh, of the Navy SEALs, and we actually have demonstrations by the Navy SEALs. They come in a helicopter. They do uh, a fake, basically, uh, hostage rescue. Probably five to 6,000 people attend that on a given – it's on a Saturday. It was just uh, a weekend, this past weekend. And, uh, in fact, Rudy was down, and Rudy stayed with me, as he did last year as a house guest, him and another former Navy SEAL here at my house. But anyway, so in 2014, uh, my neighbor, uh, Ken Corona, is the assistant director there. Uh, he introduced me to Rudy, who I had not met. And this was, during, uh, again, the early fall of uh, 2014. Mm-hmm. Rudy said, hey, Joe, uh, and Rudy's 88 years old now. God bless him. He's still going strong. Wow. Uh, I love him. He said, Joe, they haven't had another guy over 70 on since me. He said, I think Jeff Probst would probably like it, you know. You ought to send in the tape, you know, your former FBI guy and your former Navy guy and doing a PI thing. So yeah. I did, and during the tape, my little three-minute tape that you submit to them, mm-hmm. uh, I actually challenged uh, him and Mark, and I looked right at the camera as part of the tape, and I said, I challenge you, Jeff, and I challenge you, Mark Burnett. I said, you haven't had a guy over 70 on since Rudy, and that was 15 years ago. He was the first guy, and I want to be the next guy. What do you think about that? And I guess they liked that because awesome. then I got the call. And, of course, it's like a six-month process. It's, it's very mm-hmm. involved. Uh, and, fortunately, I found myself on that beach in Koh Rong, uh, Cambodia. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's so different from what you see on TV. We look at the television. We see the cast members. We see the tribe members. But what you don't see is what's behind the hundred or plus people there on a beach at a given day with all the technicians, the film guys, mm-hmm. uh, the grips, the, uh, the divers. It, it's phenomenal. It is huge. It is a big, big operation. Yeah. Three, 400 people, right. Or so. And it's amazing. Uh, all the people. Yeah. Right. And that's only, that's the ones that are actually go with the show. And then you have the locals, which are employed to, for instance, you know, we see these incredible uh, jungle scenes where, the jungle's been cut out. They have a challenge set up. There's local people that are doing all that, clearing those fields that have been uh, jungles or uh, bush or whatever it is, and, and to make it the way we see it. And then, of course, they leave it pristine after they leave. All that stuff, all those challenges are physically taken down, and, and it's gone like they were never there. It's, it's amazing. It really is. It's amazing what they're doing. I was uh, actually planning a trip to Nicaragua with my girlfriend and while she was looking for flights she saw my favorite season of all time was uh wasn't uh Korong sorry it's Africa but we found this really cheap flight and I was like wow because I'd love to go you know see where they shot that and I know it's for liability reasons they don't want to destroy the environment they're in but it'd be amazing if somehow they could leave like tribal council up or a challenge but I know that they can't do that with the deals they make with the governments they're in but right shocking um with uh as oh, ahead, Jeff sir. had said, you're talk, talking about seasons. Um, 
Ours, I would say, and he, they have said that, was one of the most difficult ever filmed, and the reason was because of the temperatures and, and everything. There I was, was going to ask you, that, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, the day that uh, Caleb went down and, uh, <clears throat> uh, let's see, uh, Sydney and uh, Debbie, uh, mm-hmm. it was 118 degrees out there. And, and what you see in seven or eight minutes of a challenge, that went on for well over an hour. And, <sighs> see, normally – it's not like they have the bottles of water and they say, here, guys, if you're thirsty, that does not happen. The, yeah, yeah. The, 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 that we are not supported that way. We have what we have. If we have a little uh, uh, jug of water and they made these little kind of things out of bamboo, which really sucked because they kind of leak, uh, and you lose your water, you, you lose your water. It's not like you go over to the crew and say, geez, can you give me a bottle? That doesn't happen. The for sure, for sure, the, yeah. Uh, you know, they're never seen eating in front of us or drinking or anything. You, you never see anything like that because they realize that we're under these very difficult uh, conditions, that we're starving for most, most of the time. So there's nothing like, okay, we see the crew and they're over there uh, having a nice candy bar. That doesn't happen. So what Not you even see gum, is right? I thought they can't even it's allow like, gum and candy, sir, right? I, I think they're yeah. not even allowed to do any of that. It's a real deal. I mean, really, yeah. I, I never saw anybody doing any of that. They were very... They're professional about the whole thing, and, you know, we're treated, uh, we're, we're cast, and that's it. They film us. They don't associate with us. They don't talk to us. They just do their job. So, uh, you know, people have queried in the past, say, oh, yeah, they probably have a five-star hotel back there, or they go back to a nice at nighttime. They're not sleeping on bamboo out there with the bugs. Yes, we are, and yes, yep. we are starving. And, they, and in our season, we didn't get any rice. We had to do what we could do with a machete and, and a, a net or whatever, and for us, pretty much was just eating uh, shellfish as far as clams and mussels, coconuts, mm-hmm. and drinking water. That was about it. I lost 20 pounds. I was kind of skinny when I got back. You're a pretty lean and muscular guy. Yeah. What, what food did you crave the most when you were out there out of, you know, 34 days? What, what were you hankering for, Joe? Well, not beef. Certainly well, yeah, I wasn't going to make too light of that, man, but... My my bout with Mother Nature there, and uh, Mother Nature saying, "Hey Joe, uh, you can't do that. You can't eat that much meat after this long, and expect that I'm not going to come back and pay you a visit." So unfortunately, yeah. that's what happened. Had I to do it again, uh, I certainly I would have wised up. But boy, it was so good. Uh, you know, the, uh, the other thing is, you only saw a little bit of that reward challenge. Uh, actually, on uh, YouTube, as the season w- goes along, and maybe most of your listeners don't know that, uh, mm-hmm. but as the weeks go along, there are the outtakes and what they call secret interviews and deleted scenes that oh, are yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Right. Well, there's about three or four of them involving uh, that particular reward challenge, which were great. One was uh, the Joe the Emperor, and you see me coming out in a, in a pink <laughs> sarong kind of a thing after my cowboy bath <laughs> thing, uh, us shooting off uh, – uh, champagne uh, later on, on on the porch of this little uh, uh, bungalow kind of thing. So there was a lot that, again, uh, the listeners and viewers didn't get a chance, I'm sure, to see, which is a shame because it, it was a great reward. For sure. And you you you're, uh, you were talking about the intensity, and I would agree that Korong in Africa and Guatemala would definitely be right in my top top three for toughest. You got the three medevacs, a lot of, you know, a lot of people were injured and you know, yours was unfortunate, Neil's was, and, you know, Caleb, if, I've been told if Caleb wasn't as physically fit as he was, he possibly could have been the first U.S. casualty, which is unfortunate because that's right where there was a casualty 
on another C, uh, f- uh, international version of Survivor, French. right? Where that, yeah. where that happened. So it's it's very yeah, fortunate. Yeah, there was the, the, the French show, uh, which was very very sad. Uh, he mm-hmm. was young. I think it was during the first episode, and the poor doctor, who was a French doctor, was so distraught that, uh, and I believe I read this, he never went back to France. He was so embarrassed about what happened, what happened? and changed that he did not go back to France and wind up dying uh, again in, in another country other than France. But, uh, you know, it, it is difficult, and you have to be in pretty good shape. I mean, you don't have to be an Olympic athlete. But you certainly have to be in pretty good shape. Uh, those challenges are real. It's a real deal. They're they're difficult. They're not easy. Some are fun, but other mm-hmm. ones are you know they're flat challenging physically and, yeah. and mentally, as you know. Yeah. Which uh, what was your favorite challenge that you liked, and what was your least favorite challenge that you participated in? Okay, the, the the favorite that I liked was I call the Clydesdales versus the Thoroughbreds was my reward <laughs> challenge. So yeah, I plotted, plotted, and that was difficult because we had to run about a hundred yards up a hill into the jungle, then climb this ladder thing and recover the bags as we climbed higher, run back to the beach, untie a bag, and toss the little bags we were enclosed in that bag. So. Mm-hmm. I had no idea where we were in a challenge. So by the time I got back, my poor uh, tribe, tribe mates, they had been waiting there, I guess, about two minutes. So it was the old pop-plop of the Clydesdale kind of run. And, and then somebody <laughs> was with me, the god or somebody, because the last two bags, as you know, I was able to toss. And that was a pretty pretty good distance. It wasn't like the, it was close. Uh, I think it was more luck. Than uh, me being uh, just you know accurate, but it it happened. Okay. I won and I was was thrilled. The one that gave me the most difficulty was one where um, we had to run through the surf, climb over that barrier in the water, swim mm-hmm. to that dock, get on the dock, memorize those uh, symbols that had numbers be- beside them, do the reverse, coming back to the beach, and then with this dial thing dial the correct number that you saw beside a symbol to be able to lo- uh, open up and get the puzzle parts out and be able to, to, to spell the word. And by the time I got back there, I mean, I was kind of physically, physically spent and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have enough gas. And I said, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff kind of looked at me and said, Joe, you okay? And I said, Jeff, I ran out of gas. And then right at that particular time, it was between Julia and Michelle and Michelle, I was real quick. She got it, and she won the challenge. So for me, uh, that was the most difficult because I didn't get really a chance to go back out. I was just it, – it was very, very difficult. So my 70 uh, – almost 72 years kind of caught up with me on that one. Well, yeah, but you were competing with some – towards the end there, the only one close to age was Ty, and he was still you know, almost 22 years yeah. younger. Well, so, I, yeah. Again, you know, mentally, of course, I think these legs that I have are just as fit as they were 40 years ago. But mm-hmm. they said, no, sir, Joe, <laughs> we're not working like we did way back when, buddy. So uh, that was the case. But you know what? I took it in a good stride. Uh, I could only do what I could do. And that was the other thing, too. I didn't want to push myself like Caleb. God bless him. He's a mm-hmm. tough guy, tough young man. Strength and and if you had followed him, you know he's going on now with the uh, training and <clears throat> and the bodybuilding and stuff like that. Uh, but I didn't want to take myself out of the action. And, and like Jeff had said uh, on on the beach there, actually Dr. Joe, he said, uh, me Joe, he said he's a pretty tough guy. 
And, you know, he would probably stick it out, but I'm, I don't want to see him hurt himself. Uh, and I didn't want to do that on the beach, you know, that day. So I thought, okay, I could push myself. You know, I, I didn't want to pass out or, God forbid, something worse yeah. than that. So uh, I, I read the writing on the wall, and I figured, okay, there's, I have nothing to prove to anybody being Mr. Tough Guy because I'm X amount of years old. So maybe that's a little bit more wisdom that I had for once at least in my life than I have another time. Awesome. And I, I, I appreciate you coming on and I saw your post with Rudy and Rudy was one of the, I've met so many guys from the show and but Rudy was one of the first ones I met out in uh, Nebraska at a charity event uh, 14 years ago. And Rudy is just such an iconic figure. So it was really cool. And I called him a legend and sir, you're a legend as well. And, um, we appreciate your time on here. And um, with the cast, you don't want to pick any favorites. Were you surprised with some of the millennials and how open they were about just how they were voting and their relationship? Like uh, here on the show, we've just been surprised with uh, the whole Taylor Figgy, that how open they were about that relationship. What was your take on that, sir? Well, I thought that was suicidal to do that. Yeah. As we know, and if you've been a fan for years and years, anytime you have a power couple uh, and they try and keep it secret, that's one thing, but everybody kind of knows anyway. But then when they're really announcing it and like, please don't announce, I thought, wow, maybe, you know, you really should think about what you're doing. And I don't know if they really saw the error of their ways of doing that. Because mm-hmm. everybody knows, okay, those two people, they're together. We need to do something about that. And ultimately, that's what was done. Um, but as far as the, the cast this season, uh, of course, I, I started watching it with, uh, oh, yeah, our season was better and all that. But, again, as I mellowed, we're up to eight uh, episodes yeah. now or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought, well, you know what? Every season has its own special specialty about what, what what makes it so good, and I think that this season uh, having the difference between the Generation X and the Millennials is a great one to do it. Uh, as far as favorites, I'm kind of leaning with the older people and being older, but I'm still uh, amazed at the young folks and all. And also, you know what? For me, it's a learning process. One of the mm-hmm. questions they asked me, if I have a minute was why did sure. they think that I would be able to get along being 70, almost 72 uh, with the younger people? They said, well, what are you going to have in common? What, what, how will you be able to talk to them? So I thought about them, and I responded to the producer. I said, well, let me, let me answer it this way. I said, one of my jobs as a special agent in the FBI was in hostage negotiation where I had been put mm-hmm. in circumstances where I had to be able to convince somebody in a hostage situation or a life-threatened uh, situation to come out to do something that they don't want to do based on uh, how I'm presenting it and they wind up saying okay that's what I'm going to do I said if I could do that in a life-threatening situation I certainly could talk to some young people who have a little bit of sand in their pants and they're hungry I said yeah. I think that I could <laughs> probably be successful so they kind of like that I guess <laughs> excuse me yeah you had I felt that way I felt I had a lot to learn I've always tried to be open-minded in communications, uh, particularly uh, in, in when, when we talk with people, there are two components there, the actual communication and also the listening process. And I've always been, particularly in house negotiations, you have to hear, you have to listen to what that person's saying. Well, in everyday life, I try doing the same thing. 
you know, we have uh, one mouth and two ears, and I'm thinking, okay, you got to listen twice as much as you talk because you really can't learn anything when you're talking. You had to listen. So that's what I tried doing on our, my season with my cast members was listen as much as I could and try and understand where they're coming from, what they're about, what their needs are, what their wants are. And I guess I did okay. I got pretty far. Some people say it was under the radar. But Aubrey and I made a plan. Me being the older guy, and as you know, most of the time with the older cast member, they try and get rid of the older cast member at yep. ASAP. So our yep. plan was basically she was going to do the field work. We'd come back. We'd chat about it. As you saw, a couple times I agreed with her. Other times I didn't vote the same way she did. And it seemed to be successful. But then, of course, mm-hmm. the true fans, the diehard fans were saying, well, you know, Joe didn't do this. We didn't see him strategizing. Well, as I said before, some of that stuff did not make on camera. And yep. it's up to them to make the decision, and that's fine with me, uh, mm-hmm. CBS, on what they wanted to show and what they didn't show. So I'm good with it, though. Yeah, and we only we only get a portion, and we were definitely, and I won't speak for Sherry, but I'm pretty sure we were definitely Team Ty and Team Aubrey. I mean, Michelle's great. I, I love Michelle, too. But we were really... You know, thinking Aubrey, I I was thinking Aubrey was going to take the whole thing home, and I was I was really surprised, and especially it was kind of like your presentation or edit. I know I hate to talk about editing because that's a big deal, especially the season before your or two seasons before yours with Dan and you know his reaction to SCG. But do you think Michelle's edit was presented kind of like yours? We just didn't really get to know her as well, or is there you were you voted for Aubrey and we supported Aubrey? I was just kind of curious why the jury went with Michelle. (laughs) Well. Again, I was kind of surprised, too, because I thought Mm -hmm. that Aubrey had it as a lock. Uh, But again, Michelle, she came up strong. She was part of it. We were very friendly toward the end. I mean, her dad is a retired police captain up in New Jersey, and we kind of had Mm -hmm. camaraderie there. Uh, Got right before the end there. We're talking about our favorite cereals when we get back and what what we would talk about. But with Michelle, um, she... There was, and I don't want to give anything away, there was some allegiance uh, to other people uh, later mm-hmm. in the game that we were worried about that elite. How would that be? Could she be trusted? And so she wasn't really part of the, you know, the, the group, the, the inner core there. Core, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, because uh, of that uh, allegiance with another person. <clears throat> so, of course, I get bumped off. Um, and then Michelle... God bless her with the challenges and what she was able to do and rape rise to the top. So I think Aubrey now, you know, Michelle really never voted anybody off. So when you vote people off, sometimes they have an attitude about that. Well, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll show you, you won't get my vote. And I think that's what happened is that Michelle came on strong at the end. Uh, God bless her. She should have, you know, as a winner, just, just like, you know, the presidency, the person won one. And, yep. you know, you you accept that or you say, oh, oh no, because as you know, on, uh, I guess it was Twitter and all, there were a lot of people that complained uh, about, well, they didn't feel it was fair or it should have been Aubrey, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. That's the nature of the of the game. And that's what I, I was, uh, I sponsored Michelle to a charity event right after your guys' season aired. And I was just, I would drive her to the airport and around and I was just like, you know, Michelle, I'm never going to say anything against your game because, A, I didn't see it all. I wasn't there. And, B, you know, you won the thing, so that means you, you were entitled to it. But I said the biggest thing as a fan we didn't see was, you know, your your journey to it. Like, we didn't really – it wasn't presented to us in a good fashion. I equated it kind of to Sophie on South Pacific where, 
you know, every other they were focused on everyone else. We just didn't see it. And it kind of blindsided the fans. So, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with it by any means. It's just, I think it could have been presented a different way. So we would appreciate it more because it was kind of the right. tie Aubrey show. And I, I love, you know, the final, you guys, I care about all of you, you know, I bothered you at the hotel lobby and became friends with you afterwards. And uh, I just, it's, something I love all you people that play it. It's just, I, I thought Aubrey played a better game from what we saw. So it's just interesting. Well, if you talk strategically and, and she is one incredibly bright lady, I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. she, with her quips, her mind is sharp. I mean, and very, very fast, very humorous and everything. Um, uh, if you talk about, you know, people would say, okay, this person played the game this way. And if you had to achieve certain goals and all, I think Aubrey did. I mean, she was out mm-hmm. there. She was beating the bushes every day. She's forming alliances and and certainly strategy. Um, Michelle, again, a good player, but if you go side by side, um, probably not what the purists would say, oh, you know, well, she paid, you know, a great, great game. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. She played the game. She won the game, whether it was through um, being strong. I go back. Uh, to Tom Westman, season 10, who I kind of patterned myself. Yep. Are you, are you still there, Joe? Sherry, are you still there? He's still showing on the switchboard. Have we got a bad connection, maybe, or... Hopefully the the Russian Sometimes hackers have the call will drop off. Well, hopefully right he's still showing on the switchboard. Hmm. Well, I did, I'm gonna try to. Phone, I wonder if he hit his mute button. Uh, possibly. So we'll just carry on, and if I hear Joe start talking, I'll I'll shut my face and defer to him. It was interesting the the point that you we might want to text him and see if you can. Uh, I'll shoot him a message, yeah, and to say he might be muted. So hold check on your mute button. Yeah, hold on. Because he's still is still on, live on our switchboard, so. Okay, well, we'll roll with the punches here on uh, Mike. <laughs> Mike. Um, so we're not sure what's going on with the audio. I hope everything's all right. And uh, I don't want to recap if Joe's listening because I don't want to spoil what happened. But we all, it's pretty. it was shown on the promos that it was going to be the merge. So coming into this, Sherry, without really you know, talking too much about what actually happened on the show, we had talked about towards the end of last week's recap – um, who, who were you, who, if we were running odds, who do you think had the best odds coming into the merge before this episode? And then who do you think had the worst odds? And then, I mean, we kind of, you've, we've both seen it, so we know what actually happened, but where you where's what your brain telling you coming into this episode correlates to what actually He's happened. He's calling back in now. He's okay. calling back in now. Hi, Joe. Joe? Joe, are you back? I wonder if his mute button is on. 
See if you're muted, Joe. You might have uh, actually hit mute. I don't know. Technology is an uh, interesting We're not interesting getting any thing. audio from him. Okay. Well, He's I hate live to, on the switchboard, but there's no audio. I sent a message. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm not 100% sure. What, it's a new interesting thing. I know I've dropped off a couple times myself. What could be... What could be going on? But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about what happened without, because the worst thing I want to do is ever spoil the show for anybody, and I really appreciate, you know, Joe being on so far, and as long as he wants to stay on, and I know, he, I think he was trying to make a specific point, but I, I don't really want to talk about what happened quite yet. I had a question for him, too, and I, I hate for him to go before I was able to to chat with him just a bit, so he's still, his call is still on the switchboard, so I don't know there's, must be something on his end with his mute button or something because yeah, yeah I, sent a, I sent a message and I think he's probably looking at it and we're trying to just assess um, uh, what's what's going on, so um, I don't know, the one thing I don't you, understand well, I don't want him to hear this, but I'll say the, the the individual that was voted out that was they didn't really specifically say if they had joined the jury or not. But the one thing at least Wikipedia says, and maybe it was on the uh, Ponderosa video or a secret scene, is that person was the first member of the jury. So I hope that's not a big big spoiler. We won't say who that person was, but I thought that was interesting for them not to specifically say. Jeff did not clarify that, so that's. So the players may not know until that individual. Hello. Hey, Joe, you back? There you are, Joe. Yeah, I am. Sorry. Sorry about that. Glad to have you it's with a, us. It's okay. Uh, no no worries. I was talking and trying to pet my little dog over here, and I think I might have hit the mute button. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. Actually, that's one of the questions I had for you. How is your little dog? I absolutely love your little dog. Well, you know, we have several. Now, little Lulu here, uh, who I'm petting right now, uh, Lulu, uh, and I, I guess some of you know, not all of you, but we're involved in Yorkie Rescue Party, Yorkie Rescue, and over the past several years, God we've transported, picked up, fostered uh, tons of little Yorkies. Well, we have um, actually five dogs, a, a standard poodle, a toy poodle, and the rest are Yorkies, and, and two of them are uh, ones, um, well, actually, I'll tell you about this one here. Uh, Lulu, uh, she was unadoptable. She had one of the most severe cases of the collapsed trachea. Uh, she's deaf and uh, could not be adopted, so we did what we call a permanent foster adoption. So she's been with us, and we thought we were going to have to put her down two years ago because she had this horrible cough because she can't breathe properly. Linda kind of doubled up on her dose of medication while we took her to the vet, and we thought we were going to have to euthanize her. And, um the vet said, well, she's not coughing. Did you do anything different? And we said, well, we doubled her dose of medication. He said, well, not only double it, let's do it twice a day. And that was two years ago, actually three years ago. And here she is, and she's still hanging in there. Um, awesome. The God love you. When, when, when I came back, um, and that was on uh, May 9th, uh, 2015, 
Uh, Linda had been fostering a, a little Yorkie, um, and I don't know what the name was then, but so we were going to take him down the next day to the vet, and he was going to be given up for adoption, but he kind of fell in love with me the day I got home from California, and then the next day we're, we're taking him down to the, ho- the hospital, the doctor, to uh, have her checked up and then fostered out. And I said, I, I want to keep the dog. So she said, okay, <laughs> we're complaining about how many dogs. Well, anyway, I, I, I trying to think of a name. So I thought, you know, the dog loved it per sight, and we kind of loved each other. So in the Khmer language, which is the Cambodian language, uh, the word for love, love at first sight, kind of an instant love, was um, Nisei, N-I-S-A-Y. So we have Nisei. So Nisei is a product, at least, of uh, kind of Cambodia in, in a, uh, a kind of off way. But uh, so I have, uh, oh, that's and then we so have, cool. we have the rest of the pack here. So, um, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of joyous uh, helping these little guys. Uh, they usually come from very difficult situations. Either they're abandoned, they're mistreated. A lot of them have uh, physical ailments and things. But people get them, and they don't have the money to make it right. Sometimes, uh, as you know, you know, pets can be very very expensive. So we get them, we refurbish them, and make them real healthy, and then we look for what we call, you know, permanent forever homes because we want these little guys not to be given up again and not to go through the trauma of, of that. So um, it, it, it's kind of rewarding. It, it really is. Well, I like husband, you on the show I and I like you even more, two, yeah. That's... yeah. My husband and I have two um, rescue Italian greyhounds, the little bitty ones. Oh, and yeah. And we got yep. them as the sisters. Um, we rescued them. They were six years old and we lost our Italian greyhound. We had, had gotten six weeks old, and she was nine years old when our home burned down. And we lost her in the fire. And it's hard for me to talk about. Um, and after we got a new house and got settled, about nine months later, we finally decided to look for another dog, and I looked at the rescue group, and there was these two sisters, and... The um, they had separated them because none of the foster moms could take both of them in at the same time, so they were separated. And I looked at my husband, and I read him the, the story, and I said, you know, that's what our little Chloe would have wanted. And so we went through the process, got our home check and everything, and drove out. We're in St. Louis, and we drove all the way to Kansas City, about five hours to go and get them. And we are spoiling them rotten. They were abused. One of them had her tail broken off. Um, yeah. Had had teeth missing, had scars on her face. Both of them had scars on their faces. Um, were very, very timid. But we've had them three years now. And we're thinking about getting into fostering. And, you know, they're just such joyous little creatures, you know, all they want to do is give love, and yep. that's what dogs do. And I just I saw the pictures of right. yeah, that's exactly it. And I saw the pictures of you with your dogs, and I I just fell in love with your babies, and <laughs> I had to ask about them. Well, when I first got involved with 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 the Yorkie Rescue, I swore I would never push a baby carriage with a dog in it. Well, that's kind of gone by the wayside. 
<laughs> we have one too. <laughs> well, well, particularly Lulu. Lulu, I mean, she can't walk real well. She's got you know, her kind of hips are kind of messed up and all. So, uh, as an aid to her, uh, when I sit here watching TV or talking to you guys now, uh, she's right here beside me in a little baby carriage, and this is where she likes to be and, and just kind of hang out. And, uh, and then she looks up if I'm not around, and she gets all excited like, "Where's Joe?" Uh, but she's uh, she's a funny little funny little girl, you know. She's in her own little world. Uh, she's we, we believe she's in the you know beginning of doggy dementia. Doesn't know what she wants sometimes. Looks around, kind of just stands there and you know stares off into space, just like we humans do when we have that condition. Uh, but you're right. They they give you so much love. They don't ask for anything. And, and you know, if people would only do rescues, not go to pet stores and get these breeds and all that. There are plenty of breeds, of, and also, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, not just mixed ones, but, you know, pure breeds that are... Red, yeah. yeah. Yeah, purebred, thank you, for adoption, mm-hmm. and you can find them, and they need good homes, and usually they're some of the best dogs are these ones that, uh, that you find, you adopt, and rescue, and they turn out to be wonderful, wonderful pets, and, and actually... Family members more than pets. That's one of my yeah. uh, charities. I support uh, Save a Dog up in uh, up in Massachusetts, and it's some, they do some great work. So yeah, any any shelter folks, if you're listening to this, don't just be a fan of Survivor. You know, give back to these different charities and definitely help out these rescue groups to help these animals and the people because it's a great symbiotic relationship between both yep. parties. I bet you missed them while you were on Survivor, didn't you, Joe? Well, I miss them, and of course I miss the other things, just the, uh, you know, everyday things. The, the wonderful thing about, uh, I think, doing that adventure is how much you you really appreciate just everyday things mm-hmm. uh, that we take yeah. for granted. You know, that you can go to the refrigerator and get a cold drink, or that you can go and, and get a sandwich or this, or uh, the convenience of being able to travel in the car and go from point A to point B. Uh, when you don't have food and you're worried about shower, okay, it's going to rain tonight, and you're getting soaking wet, and the wind's going, you're cold, and, uh, and it's like, why did I want to do? This? Why did I want to do this? <laughs> yeah. The bugs are are eating you up, but you know what? It, it's a common thing. We're all suffering together, so it's not like any one person's having any worse than anybody else. And that was a neat thing with the camaraderie. And even though mm-hmm. we had our problems, I certainly. Had problems getting along with the boys, as you know, and Scott mm-hmm. and Jason. Uh, but in the end, when it was over, when I went back to Ponderosa, the problems that Jason and I had, you know, that some of them on camera, they didn't put that as far as words between us. It was a yeah. game. And when the game is over, we're back to real life. And that was the whole thing. That it just was a game. You gave it the best shot you could, mm-hmm. but it was just a game. And I think some people might have a problem with that and still – have ill feelings toward maybe, you know, a cast member. But that wasn't my deal. My deal was, hey, you know what? I was given a, a wonderful opportunity. I appreciate CBS gave mm-hmm. me the shot. And then to be with these incredible people. We suffered together. We all went trying, buying for the, you know, the prize. And it wasn't really about the money. It was just about trying to do the best you could, particularly me at my age, trying to mm-hmm. think, you know, well, maybe I'd have a shot at least to get the, you know, the the final three, and it, it was that. It was just about trying to do the best you can, 
trying to use your mind to get through the whole process and, okay, and can I do it? And as the days went by and I wasn't voted off and then I made it, you know, and we, we made it to tribal and I didn't get voted off at any of the councils and the merge came and like, holy mackerel. Uh, <laughs> I was very, very pleased. Because, you know, I think when we first go, oh, if I only can make it to the merge, you know, and that's yep. a, well, as that came, then the next thing is, oh, geez, maybe I could make it the next day and the next challenge. And so that was the excitement about it, that every day there was something new. And the adventure of it was every day was a different adventure. And yep. you, hope, you hope that you're going to make it. You hope that you're going to make it through Tribal Council. You hope that you have the votes that you're not going to be, who's going to be on a chopping block. So it's a continual kind of stressful but, and, you know, in a good way, because you know what? We're all going to be home in X amount of days, and this is going to be go down in the history books. Uh, and, of course, with third, season 32, hell, we're going to be on season 34 come February, so it keeps it's moving on. I'm old crazy. enough, man. of has been. Uh, well, I, I finally am in enough shape. I'm trying to join your ranks, so I, I did finally apply for the show. after be, I've been recruited a couple times by producers, so... We'll see what happens, and if they're if I'm what I'm looking what they're looking for. So who knows? But uh, I hope to possibly join the alumni because I love you guys so much. And what was it like having people come up and want pictures and autographs? Was that what's that like the new experience, or what was what was that like? That's I can only imagine how crazy that's got to be, Joe. Well, I'll tell you what, the uh, the craziness is when we went to uh, the live show week. Of course, you know it's mm-hmm. a couple of days before and all is the fans were uh, amazing. I mean, you're talking about hard people that have followed the show. They have pictures. They have albums. And it really, really is amazing. Uh, and, and I'm thankful. I mean, I literally, today, I, I went, we have a, a food store called uh, Publix here. And I was in there, mm-hmm. and a woman come up, a middle-aged lady. She said, grab my hand. She said, oh, you were really wonderful. You know, I, I, well, I'm still shocked at that. Because you know that's that's a while back now, but people still come up, or they'll be afraid to come up to you and say, "Would you mind? I'd like to take a picture." And I say, "Are you kidding?" I said, "If it wasn't for the fans, there would be no television show. There would be no Joe or, or yeah. Aubrey or, or anybody else. It, it's you guys that make it, and absolutely. And if somebody would say, "Oh well, no, I don't want to take a picture," well, you know, I feel sorry for that person because it's still exciting. Even now, after a year or so has gone by, where people walk up and say, you know, you did a nice job, and I thought you were great. And even um, on Twitter, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting new people that say, hey, Joe, we like, you know, or Instagram, we like the picture you put up, or we like the little video. So it kind of makes you feel good, you know. Awesome. And the good thing is the majority of the people, the the majority of the alumni and the majority of the fans are great people and they, they really appreciate what you do and they're, they're compassionate. And I know the people's hearts are going out and there's probably some jerks making fun of what happened to you, but there was definitely a sentiment of just that we hope he's okay. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And I, I've, I've cried at medical evacuations and family visits, usually most seasons, just because how I end up meeting you guys. So I, I really do right. care about you. So, and I appreciate it. you were, you know, your whole cast was very friendly, but you were one of the most friendly, Joe, so thank you for, for that, and I appreciate it. So. Well, I, my husband my and I were so bummed out when you were taken off. We were really pulling for you, Joe. We we usually do 
root for the the older people because you know that's who we are. <laughs> but you had such a, a personality that you know we felt like we could have. You know, you were sort of like us. You were you were somebody we felt we could relate to, and we were pulling for you so much. And to see you taken out of the game broke our hearts. And we were just heartbroken when you were taken out. It was it was wow. devastating for us. It really was. Thank you, thank you. Um, it was Jeff Probst, uh, hard. What happened was that I, I walked off the beach with. Uh, Dr. Joe, and we got on the boat, and then Jeff hung uh, with, you know, the last four. Um, he came back to the boat, and he got on the boat, and we started leaving, you know, because we go to another island uh, mm-hmm. where the camp is, and then from there, you go to another island, and that's where Ponderosa is. And one of the nicest things he said, he got on, he said, Joe, you left a lot of love on that beach. And that made me feel really good, because... You do mm-hmm. establish, even though we're all vying for that, we'll call it the million dollars, that you have that camaraderie where people are crying because you're being taken out, that you know there's love there. You know, it's it's more about the mm-hmm. companionship and what you feel and what you have expressed to each other and shared with each How other. How concerned they were for day. you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I, I again, I'm, I, I met some great people. uh you know, most of them I probably won't be hanging around with because we're all over the country. But Aubrey has stayed here with Lynn and me. Michelle has stayed here, uh, you know, overnight. She is actually uh, very close in town now. Her her parents have uh, a place that's about 40 miles away uh, okay. down the coast. So, you know, we still uh, have that kind of thing. And I don't know if you knew about it, but I, I, I posted a picture on Instagram, I think, last week. Um, before our show aired, there were about 12 of us that went to Michelle's mom's house up in New Jersey, and we had a sleepover, a pajama night. So we I were saw there, that. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was most of our crew. Uh, Debbie actually was there, but she didn't make the picture, and Neil, he was flying around with his ice cream company. Otherwise, it would have been uh, <laughs> all over the brains. And we had, you know, uh, Anna uh, and Julia, um, uh, let's see, and Nick, I think, that were part of the beauty tribe. Uh, so it was a lot of fun, though. So there's that camaraderie after the after the fact that we still like each other and we we see in each other, you know, uh, friendship and and so it was very very nice. Yeah. Awesome. And I wasn't in Florida this year for Give Kids the World because of some work commitments. Did you get a chance to go there? And it's neat to see the stuff between the different seasons and that you're among a almost over 500 people alumni now. So that's true. Uh, the Give Kids the World uh, charity was a lot of fun because it was mm-hmm. multiple uh, reality show shows. Uh, there was all of the Mark Barnett show, the uh, Amazing Race, uh, Big Brother, ours, uh, Naked and Afraid, which I don't think that's Mark's. But to see, now you talk about fans, they waited hours to get all oh, the yeah. They paid money and it all went to the charity. Uh, but what a wonderful thing. And, you know, and so gracious. And I'm talking about age group from children, you know, and I was shocked, a little boy, 10, 11, 12, girl, little girl, up to older people. Uh, Joe, yeah. we followed you. Uh, you know what? And it, it's wonderful. And here we're doing that for charity and that they would wait outside. And I, I respect that. So I have a new uh, love of what, you know, fans are because I never had any fans before the show. But yeah, yeah. I do. 
you know, and they they really bolster you as a person and make you feel happy, and it's just nice. And even now, if somebody says, are you so-and-so? I said, you mean, are you in reality? Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for the compliments. Or somebody will uh, text me or something that I don't know who they are. I always try and respond back. If somebody likes me uh, on Twitter, I, I will respond back. Uh, and say thank yeah. you very much, or thanks, thank you for the follow. It's just kind of respect for if they're taking the time out, why not take a couple of seconds and respond back and say thanks very much, I appreciate it. It means a lot to me, you know. It'd be nice that, if everybody did that. Huh? It would be, and I would say out of all 500 some alumni, the 448 I've met, there's only one or two that just didn't seem to like it. And I just, it's unfortunate, but if it's only that many out of so many people, then what are you going to do? Um, I want to well, be. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sir. No, go ahead. I was just going to say I wanted to be sensitive of your time, especially since you haven't gotten a chance to, to watch what happened last week, so I didn't know what your timetable was. I'll talk Survivor as the show officially ends at 830, but uh, whenever you want to go, sir, you're more than welcome to, but you're more than welcome to stay. We're just, we were going to recap at some point, so I didn't want to – I didn't want to spoil. The biggest thing as a fan, I know you're a fan of the show, I don't, would never want to spoil what happened, so I didn't want to – I tried not to say anything when you were on mute either, so I hope we did. I did say the, the first juror, but I didn't say who they were. No, well, actually, I was walking around, and I finally, uh, Linda was outside. And I, I'm trying to find mute. I didn't want to do anything else wrong. And apparently, in my excitement of talking, I, I did hit the mute button. So. Oh, well, that's fine. I just didn't want to spoil it. So, But uh, I, I just wanted to say, you, you, if you had a closing thought before we – we probably will recap just a little bit, so I didn't want to spoil what happened for you. So did you have any – Well, yeah, I guess the show is called On the Kingpin, and I certainly want to watch it now. I, you know what? I didn't realize that it actually had aired because I got so caught up with the election results. Uh, had I mm-hmm. known, I would have watched it earlier today. I, I didn't even think about it. I thought we had just missed it, and they would reschedule next week. But – uh, they did put it. So, yeah, probably going to, after we are finished with our interview here, uh, is just watch it because uh, I'm interested. Well, best of luck tonight. Who do you think the kingpin is? Because we won't tell you because we would share it, I thought. Uh, but who do you God, think it is? I, I don't know because, you know, um, y- you have people that are much more vocal that they might say they're kingpin, or you could have one of the more quieter ones uh, who have actually risen now in statue that might say, well, and, you know, I'm the kingpin. Maybe he'll say that to the camera and not so much to another not to the cast crew. member. Yeah. So, well, so go I, check it re- out, and we, we appreciated your I time will. on tonight, Joe, so thank you, and I hope you can watch the 42 minutes of the show, and I hope you enjoy it. So. <laughs> that, well, I'm sure Where I will you? enjoy it. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Where are you at in Florida, Joe? Uh. This is Vero Beach, and Vero Beach is about uh, 70 miles north of West Palm Beach. We're about an hour and a half uh, from Orlando. Uh, it's, uh, it's just very nice. It's quiet, uh, although um, it's kind of, the, I think, the, the hidden gem here because uh, we have incredible beaches. There's no high-rises on the beach. They'll never be uh, built here. Uh, so it's kind of a slowdown versus where I live down in uh, uh, Key, not Key West, but Port Lauderdale, uh, where it was what I call Mega Madness traffic and all. I kind of like this. It's a, it's a slower pace. Uh, nice, nicer for the older people. No, my kids. They have a they have a young uh, younger uh, audience uh, here that's uh, 
the the older people live on. We have what we call the, the barrier islands, and that's where uh, most of the people who are part-time residents uh, fly down in their jets, and uh, you know they're here for the season, and then can go back home. Uh, well, now some my of husband and I hope to now. retire there someday. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, it, it's great. It, it's it's really a nice area. So it, it is up and His- coming, but. Um, well, we are on what they call the frost line or the tropical line. So above this uh, is considered, you know, not tropical, and we're right on the line, so we're still considered the, the tropics here. Uh, so it's kind of nice because we are usually eight degrees cooler in the summertime than Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and in the wintertime it's a little colder up here than it is down there. So okay. uh, He's down in Florida right now visiting his parents who are in Summerfield, uh, Florida. Okay. Sort of in yeah. the center of the state. Well, where I feel for everybody up in New York way or other way is in the wintertime when it's freezing up there and the weather's miserable and I'm sitting on the beach uh, <sighs> even listening to you know, nice sounds on my iPhone. Uh, drinking I envy you. And you <laughs> Sounds you terrible, yeah. With your wet shoes and your umbrellas blowing inside out. Oh, my but goodness. I know it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but listen, thank, thank you very much. You. For, <laughs> thank you very much for having me on your show. And uh, if, uh, in the future, you want to chit chat about something else, please feel free to give me a call again. You're more than well, we may do that, Joe. Uh, and have a great evening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, I will. My next adventure is local here. That just Sunday I found out, but we have our own uh, local. Uh, Dancing with the Stars. It's actually the biggest social event here. It won't take place until uh, May of next year, but they have picked me to be one of the five guys, and there's five women, and we have to dance. It's for charity. Uh, awesome. And it, yeah, it's, it's called New, uh, New Start, actually, for uh, women uh, who are pregnant and new babies and everything like that. Um, so we dance. We also have to raise money, so 50% of our uh, score will be the dancing, and 50% will be how much money we raise for the charity. And uh, awesome. look forward maybe to, uh, you know, raising a whole hell of a lot of money. Uh, we'll see. Put so, a link uh, on my wall if you want to, and I've got a lot of friends, and I mean probably not as many as you, man, but put it on the, my wall, and I'll help fundraise for you and make you send you a donation. Yeah. I want you to win. So All right. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's send me the link, too. We'll put it, we'll put it in our, okay, our group page. Liver, yeah. It's called Indian River County uh, Healthy Start, and it, it aids the moms. Last year they helped 16 uh, moms who are at high risk of, of having problems uh, with birthing and then the follow-up with the kids and everything like that. So it's, a, it's a nice charity, and uh, uh, I'm hoping that I could maybe raise more than anybody else. But I want my thing is I haven't danced since high school, and um, – I'm meeting my instructor. Well, I met her. She's a wonderful woman. Uh, but tomorrow is what we call assessment day. So I'm going to see if these old legs that haven't danced in 55 years uh, are going to work. So I want you to watch uh, Facebook tomorrow night because I hope to put something on there uh, well, tomorrow afternoon uh, after we do my assessment to see where I am assessment-wise. So it might be humorous. We'll see what happens. I bet you'll do fine, Joe. Kick some butt. I will do fine. Uh, just like, just like with Survivor, I'm planning on being the sole survivor and winning that covetous. They actually have a mirror ball, just like they do on, and it's like a real big deal. It's at the our Riverside Theater, which is a huge theater. It's uh, seating about 700 people, 
uh, and it's a black black tie affair and a whole whole deal. So it should be fun. So I have. Uh, You're gonna win it. Thank you. I like that. Thank you for the support. I'm You're gonna, gonna win it. I'll win. I'll play. I'll dance. So yeah. Okay. You're gonna right, bring it home, Joe. Thank you Thank so much you. for coming on tonight, Joe. It's been our pleasure. Anytime. And the best to you guys, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving coming up, and uh, and a great uh, uh, season for Christmas or whatever you do celebrate. Awesome. Happy Be holidays well. to you too, babe. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much. Be well. Take care. Peace and harmony. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. What a sweetheart. Well, Co Wrong has had two guests, and they've been both phenomenal. Uh, Neil and Joe, what what great guys. And like, we're going to rustle up some more co-wrongers and uh we've got an amazing track record with their with those guys for sure two brains uh, what with a, a brain great guy at home yeah it was all consuming so I, I i actually was watching the episode last night my sister's up from texas and i got to watch it with her and my dad and his girlfriend and my girlfriend and all their birds i had a bird on my head while you know, we were watching the show and <laughs> What what an episode. You got the tribes coming together for the merge. So many personalities and coming into the merge we had uh seven millennials and six Gen Xers and then you know, all these past dealings and all the arrangements. I was I was I was hoping what would happen, not maybe not specifically to who it happened to. I was you know, Michelle's was my favorite among the four of those Crazy kids in the Triforce, which is already funny that they had four people in a three-person alliance. But uh, it was—I I felt bad that she's the one that got it because I just—I like Jay better than Taylor. But at this point, I really don't care for Jay or Taylor from the show. I mean, once I talk to him, that'll be a whole other thing. But just how annoying and obnoxious! Is oh, it? You know, I know. Adam, Adam gets your girl, but. He's trying to make a legitimate bond, and he's like, it's all about revenge. And, you know, I, if they hadn't been worried about Jay flinging his idol over to protect his bro, I would have loved to see Taylor go home last night than, instead of Michelle. But I was I was happy with the result for sure. Either one of those two guys, I would have been pleased. <laughs> yeah. Um. And Jay was the one, I, I'm the kingpin, so Jay's the one saying that. And on paper, he he had a decent reason to think he was the kingpin, you know, taking out Michaela and coming into this. Millennials had the numbers, but Jay, um, like Daedalus and Icarus, flew too close to the sun, and he didn't necessarily die last night. He's still alive. He still has his idol. He still has two, two bros with him, but... Uh, they lost their lady friend. Old Michelle got the axe nine to four as the uh, millennials and Gen X nerd. The nerds, the nerds struck out against the jocks. So interest, interesting. And I was, it was neat. That's the self-described. And it's an interesting. You get, you get Adam, Zeke, and Hannah, who, and David, are nerdier people. And I'm a big old nerd, so. Hell, if I get out there, Sherry, I hope I can link up with other nerds. And, you know, I was cool with the cool kids in school, so I kind of was social with everybody. But uh, shocking. So the first thing I noticed was Hannah not feeling included by the blind side, and she's just trying to talk to Jay, and he just wasn't very receptive to that. I just don't know if he's – 
you know, disregarding the female players? Or what was your take after they Michaela gets blindsided and they come back to, to uh, Tribal Council or from, from Tribal Council to camp? Did you think Jay we surprised Jay reacted the way he did or do you think he could have I was yeah, she was better? saying because I would have voted with you, you know, I would have voted with you, you know, and he was just so dismissive and I don't understand why he's like that with Hannah. I I don't get it. You know, if you can if you can have somebody on your side like that if there's any possibility of having, you know, somebody on your side like that, mm-hmm. why aren't you using that instead of shunning them? Yeah, and he and, he, and her and uh, Taylor are the same age. Jay's just a year or two older than they are. And I don't know if it's just that personality thing or just doesn't think he needs the respecter as much. And I'm I'm shocked that... We're, we've got 12 players remaining, and only 25% of them are women, especially after last season. I don't, I don't have the data in front of me, and I feel bad as a super fanatical fan, but we've had eight eliminations, and from those eight eliminations, um, let's make sure I don't miss anything. Yeah, we've had eight people voted out, and seven of them were women. So 80, 88%. It's going to be nothing but a bunch of guys sitting around a campfire, barking and burping scratching and, and spitting and scratching and doing yeah. all those manly things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that'll be good for the ratings without any, you know, beautiful ladies here. Because um, it's just, it's amazing and it's interesting who's 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 survived the the fray. And I, I from a from a production perspective, um, you know. Some of the there's they haven't really lost much male eye candy unless you know Paul's your thing, ladies. And Paul's not. I don't know if he's the most uh, instantly a, appealing person to the vast majority of the audience. But you know you lost you know, Rachel and um, Figgy and Michaela and now Michelle. So um, I don't know who the young vixen is on the show between Sunday, Jessica and Hannah. Be kind of a toss up there. I know Rob has a podcast, does ding, marry, kill. I don't know who would get dinged, who would get married, and who'd get killed in that scenario with most people. I, I don't know. And that's not really our so what we do on our show anyway, but it's just kind of an interesting thing. And then we've got nine guys left, and there's so much testosterone floating around, and so many people vying for power. So who has the power? Who doesn't have the power? There's still three idols available and that's just I think there's going to be some I think we're going to see some pretty exciting votes coming up especially with this showdown at some point between Adam and Jay um, because they both they both have idols so I don't know what will happen there and then so uh, what what was your what was some things that surprised you this episode Sherry anything that really didn't think would happen I don't know. I, I, t- I think one of the problems with this season is that nobody has, no female has really stepped up to be the the mama bear yeah. on this tribe. There's no mama bear on this season. You know, we've had 
many in the past. You take, like, your Tina Wessons and, you know, somebody like that, you know, that is somewhat like the mama bear of the of the, the season. And they sort of have a way of speaking to the younger people on their tribe. Yeah. And can not necessarily tell them what to do, but they have certain expectations out of the way they behave. Yep. And it is sort of like a mama bear having a mom there at camp. And I think not having that personality on this season these youngins are running amok. <laughs> What's going on? And yeah. All the females are just being ran over and booted out because nobody is, you know, nobody's expecting them to act with any respect or regard for the women on on this season and they're not. Yeah. The closest and, to do that would be Sunday, but we haven't really seen it or if, if she tried it, she saw what happened to the other older women and has reacted to kind of play a different way, I guess. I don't I don't know. She seems to be so quiet and reserved. I just don't see her being that mama bear role. Well, she could. You, Joe is very, you know, without blame and editing, was talking about some of the, you know, stuff he was doing on his 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 season, and uh, sometimes, you know, production depending on the end of the game, either she does really well or maybe she'll just be casually down the road somewhere. Maybe I, so we don't we don't know for a hundred percent, but I think if she had done some more dynamic things, we probably would have seen it, especially when they're like, I think it was Taylor. You know, said, let's go around and say what we do and how, what our age is and, you know, our profession. She's like, I'm older than all of you, but she wouldn't say. And I'm like, well, they're, they want to build trust and build bonds. So, but I guess it would be awkward being the, uh, she was the second oldest woman out there. And now to be the, uh, you know, oldest, oldest uh, remaining player. So she's probably just playing it cool and calm and trying to, you know, get through day by day. Um so we had nine to four, and every the millennials and the Gen Xers united against the grouping of Will Taylor, Jay, and Michelle, um, and it made sense on paper why they all did that. So let's say mathematically it works out, you know, with idols and all that. Um, who would you go for next, Sherry, if you were part of that big nine-person alliance? Well, we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. And it would be Jared Taylor. Jared Taylor. And let Will yeah. go last, probably. Maybe go Taylor, make Jay flush his idol, split the votes, and then, then take out Jay, and then maybe take out Will last. Or That could be a way, but Will, I was surprised. I mean, he is the youngest one out there, but Will had some – tenacity and you went what an hour and a half in that modified old school challenge which I believe made its first appearance in my favorite season Africa 
uh, stick your hand above your head. Uh, and I like the new wrinkle of uh, mixing it up and making it both arms above their head. I thought that was extremely challenging, and I was surprised how I was surprised by how fast people went out, but I was also surprised by how long people could last. Yeah, that challenge that they did, that's an oldie but a goodie, you know. <laughs> We've seen that, that challenge for many, many years, and that's a tough one. Oh, yeah. And that new I'm wrinkle. Sure that, I'm sure her arms and, and hands were absolutely numb by the time you know she tipped the bucket but yeah Jessica went Jessica went to the end and I that kind of surprised me I I was thinking it might be um I wasn't sure I, I was wondering what David could do cuz he was barely he's like skin and bone so I thought David would probably go Pretty far. Same, you know. Adam's got a similar build, but Jessica, she really, she really surprised me. But um, I thought Ken would go farther than he did. Yeah, I don't know if Ken got slipped or maybe had a balance issue. I'm not sure. Yeah, Ken surprised me. I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised the first three that went. I was, I was pretty sure some of the Generation X people might have some trouble, especially Chris and Brett being bigger guys and Sunday as well. Uh, I guess Jay surprised me. I don't know if he made a bad positioning or got just a cramp, but Jay went pretty quick. Jay and Ken definitely went quicker than I thought. And for, uh, yeah, because Jay went before Zeke and, you know, Zeke's in pretty good at some of the challenges, but if it was stick your arms over your head, I would have, I would have bet Jay would have gone farther than Zeke, but that definitely wasn't the case. And uh, Will got got the win that he needed to win the immunity because Adam tried to build trust with uh, Taylor. And what Taylor is a case study for things to not do right in Survivor, but somehow survive another week. The kids taking the, the merged food in the middle of the night and going out in the woods and eating it. And he got, well, Brett caught him but didn't confront him, but Adam went out and tried to talk to him. If you were on the island, Sherry, and some somebody, anybody, was taking a big pile of food out into the woods and eating it, how would you have responded to that? Not very well. Yeah. Me neither. And his just whole attitude about it, it's just like, oh yeah, I was, in, I was having stomach problems. You, you mean like you were hungry? Like, everybody was hungry. Yeah, Jeff really nailed him at Tribal Council with that. I'm like, all these people are starving. Of course you're hungry. Every everybody's hungry. I just I don't I I don't know. He just he's I, I can't wait to meet all the cast, but definitely I'm still between he and Figgy, I'm I'm team Figgy all the way. Cause uh we didn't really touch on it much, but what there's been some post show drama with Taylor and I'm just some of the stuff that's happened I'm definitely not not a fan of. So I don't wanna talk about that. If that's no. not a good one 
what we want to talk about, but it's just unfortunate some things that happen post-show. So. He's going to be a daddy. He'll be a daddy. But kind of the, the timeline between that relationship and old Figgy is uh, my point of contention. So there seem to be some well, yeah. simultaneous things going on, and I'm just not not down with that. So, but it is what Yeah, it apparently is. she was preggers before he went out there. Yeah, from the from the scheduling there. So that's just that's just its own own thing, but maybe that's a millennial perspective. I I'm not sure. Uh now that we've seen Michaela get get taken out, um and we kind of have a similar feeling once these uh once will Jay and Taylor are gone, what do you think what do you think will happen next? Do you think there'll be some kind of a cross grouping between Gen X and Millennials, some of this nerd activity, and maybe knock out Sunday and Brett and Chris, and then maybe just it's a nerd nerdathon to the end? Or what do you what do you think will happen? I think at some point they'll go after Chris simply because of his size. Um, you know, I think he's likable enough. He's got, you know, he's got a very nice personality, but I think simply because of his size and how well he's, you know, able to do in challenges, they're going to go after him. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think he's going to be a threat. I think, even though they're not sure about what Brett does, I would say, yeah, Chris would be a target before. Um, and I think out of those Gen Xers that aren't Ken and uh, David and Jessica, I would say, I don't know, Sunday might have the best shot of getting through that, and maybe she'll work some deal with Jessica. But I think Jessica still trusts Ken and David. So I think they'll work together if they get to a point to knock out people that aren't with them. And I think at some point Zeke's going to be seen as more of a threat than he is, even though David and he get along, I think. Adam may try to – I think there are all these nerdy super fans that know the game are going to start to analyze each other, and I think that there's going to be some new new threats emerge. And it may just not be the, you know, natural targets. I think there may be some of your people that – they may try to flush idols because um, only limited people know who has what idols. So we could – and I'm looking forward to a three-idol, Sherry – a scenario like we almost had on, uh, what was that, Cambodia, where no one received a vote. I think that almost happened, possibly, if I'm not mixing things up. I don't know if that was it or our actual main event. We almost had that happen where it was almost a scenario where no one would have, there would have been no real votes because of idle play. And then what, what would happen when that happens? Yeah, that's, I don't know. I would assume there's a revote, and the people that played idols would be safe. But I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure what would happen. Maybe we'll just have to have to wait and see. But I was just. Let's, I'm going to run through my notes real quick and see if there's any key moments that I wanted to. Oh, uh, uh, I got a quote from Jay saying this is a big ass move. 
pre-merge and to take out Michaela. She's a closer. I thought that was a really good assessment from him. Uh, I definitely wrote down Jay talking about being the kingpin. I thought that was a key quote. Um, I like that Adam was talking about Jay building an army. I thought that was a a good quote. And Adam had a really good just when he was searching for the uh, for the idol, the merge idol, but he found the advantage. Um, he was talking about how it's cool to be part of a sur- first thing in Survivor, and that was uh, and even though he tried to bargain that with uh, Taylor, what do you? Um, what do you think of this new advantage? Do you think there's too many wrinkles now, or do you, what would you do if you had fought hard to win like the family visit and somebody could steal it? What do you think are the political ramifications? Oh, of that? boy, that would be rough. That yeah. would be that would be hard on the heart. But you know, that's that's them trying to throw. drama into the game, you know? <laughs> yeah, with all these super fans, I got to keep a, keep thinking of new ways to do things that haven't happened before because you can't really surprise. Like, I, if anything had happened before, I'd be ready for it. So they'd have to pull out these things that have never happened to trick people that think they know the show or people that know the show. Yeah. So, I mean, now mean? they've... Mm-hmm. They've got these boards where they, you know, they give them edits, you know, where they they rate them upon, you know, their. Oh, that edgic. The, every episode, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't really I mean, buy into crazy. that 100%. It's amazing what they can predict, the people that watch for that stuff. It's oh never been something gosh. I've really been into. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. (laughs) What's the edgic saying? Is there anyone that edgic's leaning towards just from what they've seen so far? Because I don't really follow that, so I don't know. I don't follow it that much either. I read a little bit of it the other day, just seeing, you know, some of the stuff they say, and I I don't don't recall exactly everything they were saying, but it's just crazy to me how they rate everyone and you know give them scores on you know how many edits they've gotten how much time they got on each episode and all these things that they you know rate them on yeah huh I don't think they they believe that Adam will be around too much longer, um, or Sunday, Sun Sunday. Um, those are two that kind of stick out in my mind that they didn't hold out a lot of hope for. Well. I like Adam. I, I don't dislike Sunday. I just like Adam a little bit better. So hopefully he's entertaining. I hope he hope he can stay for a while. 
Um, I so we'll too, see what I, you know, especially after hearing a story. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a that was that was uh, yeah. What's going on with him off the show? So that's kind of why I'm hoping he hoping he does well. Um, so I guess my power ranking, I, I'll just start naming the people off in the order I want them. I guess last place would be uh, Taylor, then Jay, then Will, then I'll go with uh, Sunday. Um, Hannah, Chris, uh, Brett, uh, who is left? I think I just have three left. I'll go with Adam, David, and Zeke. So. Oh, uh, yeah, David no, sorry. Zeke Ken, really Ken dropped down favorite. on your list. Huh? <laughs> Ken, David Ken and Zeke still really dropped down on your list. <laughs> Well, Zeke went up. I had, that's from worst to best. So, oh, okay, I want okay. to leave the game. I got yeah. You. Okay. Sorry, the ones I I'm going for are Ken, David, Adam, Zeke, and uh, Jessica, then Hannah, probably. So, but we'll see what happens. There's a lot of lot of game left. There's 12 players left, and we're on November 10th, and the finale is on December 14th. I booked my flight. So they've only got like four episodes. So I don't know if we're getting some double double vote outs, some a quit, a medevac. Something's got to happen for these numbers to work out. No kidding. So I don't know what's in store, but I guess there's going to be something has to something interesting has to happen a double vote or or something. Maybe there's a tie and two idols are played and both go home. I, I if all no votes are real, I don't know what's going to happen. Sounds like it could be exciting. Oh yeah. Uh, I I didn't have anything else. I I think Joe did a great job. It was kind of interesting to not talk much about this season with him. And I, I love he he said he wasn't sure what he was going to say. I didn't know if he meant like from his show, but it's neat to see the politics. Maybe not politics. It's not one to say who he liked and didn't like from the cast because he's not haven't met the haven't met the people yet. So I thought that was. An interesting response, and I I appreciate his telling me that that could have occurred when it happened. So I was kind of ready for it because I was like, anything off the off the table. He's like, I'm going to be pretty diplomatic in some of my answers. So I wasn't sure what he meant, but now I know. So there you go. <laughs> well, you know, it's not very often we get somebody on here who doesn't want to say who they're rooting for or against or that kind of thing, but that's okay. Um, yeah. That's their prerogative, and and he gave us a lot of great information about his season, and talked to us a lot about Survivor as a whole, and and uh, you know if he wants to keep his picks to himself right now, that's fine. Um, it was just great to hear to hear from him and talk to him, you know, about his season and what he's up to, and you know, I, he was a great guest. Um, Love to have him back sometime soon. So uh, hopefully next time, maybe he, you know, he will be able to watch the episode that we're on. But that was okay. It was great just to hear, you know, hear from him and hear what what was going on in his life. And uh, I, I'm always excited to hear, you know, 
what's going on in, in the survivor's life um, since they've been off of, of their season. And he certainly updated us, and that's that's what's important. I'm just glad to hear that he's doing well and is getting ready to dance in a, a dance-a-thon and raise money for charity and still raising his, his puppies and doing well, so... Lottie's doing well. Yeah. Well, if that's all we have for tonight, I want to remind everybody to join us again on Monday for the Manic Monday show with Michelle Costa. We'll be talking about Big Brother Over the Top. That show is at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. I'm not exactly sure who our guest is going to be this Monday, but she always has great guests, just like Mike does. Um, So make sure you're there for that Manic Monday show with Michelle Costa. We're going to close tonight's show with Ron, as we always do. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Is that all you have for tonight, Mike? Uh, That's all I got. All right. Well, we're going to close it out tonight. Here's Ron to take us out. Good night, everybody. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. bless you and thank you for listening to the show and it was a great one it's always a great one with Mike and Mike and Survivor fans rock that's what I have to say Mike you want to say goodnight goodnight Mike's dropped (laughs) there you go have a great weekend everyone that's it for us tonight goodnight y'all Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.